0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the 252nd episode of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the professor emeritus Matt Perkins, and a crossing route across the Harpeth River from me here in Nashville, Tennessee, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach Coy Burton.
1: What's up, Matt? What's up, Josh? Uh, how are things going with you guys?
0: No complaints here,
1: man. I'm excited. Let's get into it. FCS football's raging on, man. It's
0: it's raging on, and we got some raging upsets to talk about, but well, we can't do that without the second amigo. The third amigo in the second city. It's a man who I'm sure is sick of the sight of moving boxes. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook.
2: Yep, the big move is done. We are in the new place. We're getting settled. Uh, Obviously, I'm working full-time. Kristen's working full-time. So uh, it's slow going. Thankfully, the weekend's coming up. And then uh, my spring break is also the week started on the 15th and so if you wow. know if nice need, and early yeah if we need some uh some extra time to unpack but this is the debut episode for me in the new uh the new house That's yeah uh, coach and
0: i just got a little uh, virtual tour which was quite nice uh and uh, if you want to be able to afford a place as nice As Josh says, you need to head on over to betonline.ag. And although FBS and NFL football might be over, NBA, college basketball, NHL, and most importantly to you guys and the listeners of this show, FCS football, they're in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. Are you into award shows, TV shows, reality TV, you name it, you can find it over at Bet Online. They've got hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. Plus, there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. gents. I am sure that the, our friends over at Bet Online were rolling in the money this weekend because no one was picking Southern Illinois to beat North Dakota State. And they didn't just win, they smacked them around a little bit, Coach.
1: They really did. I, I was surprised at how inept North Dakota, I was about to call him uh, Notre Dame, uh, I, was, I was surprised by how inept their offense was and how little they could do. They, i mean normally they're able to line up run power and run play action and just grind the game down and dominate you and and do the same thing on defense but they just couldn't get anything going they couldn't get any consistency going and southern illinois just they just brought it to them in all phases of the ball and they they, they really dominated and i was impressed by what they were able to do every time they turned around and i kept i kept thinking i kept seeing it thinking okay North Dakota State's going to answer back. Okay, now here are the bison. They're going to answer back here. Nothing. The bison. Okay. Uh, nothing. And they just—it it was just a whole lot of that. And they no consistency, no nothing through the air, nothing on the ground. I mean, it was just all out domination by the Salukis.
0: It really was, Josh. And you know, obviously, this uh, the Salukis were able to break. Uh, North Dakota State, what was it, thirty-seven, thirty-nine game winning streak, mm-hmm. something like that. And what really shocked me, though, was the fact that where you, you know, North Dakota State hasn't always had necessarily the best offense, but they've always had an outstanding defense.
1: They've been they've been extremely efficient offensively, and they've had quarterbacks that's been able to get them in and out of the right plays and I think that's where they have most of their success that they, they limit the bad plays and they don't beat themselves and that's where they that's where they're normally great and they just weren't great that uh last this past weekend.
0: Yeah, coach, like you're saying though, the one of the, the thing that really surprised me about this though is that Southern Illinois 11 yards per 11, attempt through the insane. air. You do not see that no, against you the don't.
1: Bison.
2: You don't, right, Josh? No, and, and what was so jarring about the game is We sort of expected that if North Dakota State would stumble this year, it would be because of the offense and a new quarterback. Um, But I'm almost wondering if this turned into a game where the defense could tell that the offense was not going to be able to keep pace and they sort of checked out. I mean, it was 17-7 at halftime. I'm sure it, you know it's human nature for the defensive players to be looking at each other, in the locker room going.
1: Well, the dam can only <laughs> we're, we're hold not up. Gonna
2: score the
1: dam can only yeah. hold up so long. I mean, you're, you're yeah. you know, your offensive has got to do something, or at least just get first downs, yeah. or at least just keep your defense off the field. I mean, they, yeah. a lot of three and outs, just a lot of like, just yeah. stall drives and, 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 I mean, and things like that.
2: Yeah, and and, and Matt, or uh, Coach, you mentioned the dam breaking. Well, I mean, you know, fumble at midfield leads to a 51-yard touchdown drive. Uh, Interception right after that leads to a 13-yard touchdown drive. Yeah, I mean, just costly Uh, turnovers. Yeah, I I mean, that fumble came when it was still 17-7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then it very quickly in a matter of minutes becomes thirty one seven that it's, it's over. and, and, and yeah. in
0: a lot of ways that fumble was one, probably the biggest turning point in the game because we saw Southern get out to a seventeen nothing lead, and especially in you know after their first two drives in in the first half they had a twelve play ninety three yard drive and a seven play seventy four yard drive, and that to put them up seventeen nothing and. Now, what North Dakota State was able to do, though, with, uh, you know, they get the ball back with only 55 seconds left in the second quarter and are able to uh, matriculate the ball down the field very, very quickly, um, and in, even with that, they needed a 37-yard uh, pass with Uh, two seconds left to score that touchdown and so but that gave them a little bit of momentum going to the half they force you know a a couple short short drives for southern Illinois and then they're starting to move the ball a little bit for the first time in the second half and you figure okay they go down and score it's 17-14 we've got ourselves a game and that That fumble to me is the turning point here in this game, and I mean I'm not gonna say it's a turning point in their season. We don't know what's gonna happen. Obviously, they're still a very talented team, Um, but I'm just uh, it's that that guy coach said it broke the dam and turned this one into a you know honestly you know a bit of a route for the Salukis. They went on to score you know 21. Points there in the fourth quarter to pull away. And, you know, what does this Josh tell you about? I, I guess we should actually, this is a bit of a transition into the second game I want to talk about because South Dakota State, the team I picked as the, you know, potential dark horse here, the team to upset North Dakota State, they lost this weekend as well to the Fighting Hawks of North Dakota, formerly the Fighting Sioux of North Dakota. And I don't even know what to make of the MVFC at this point.
2: Well, I I mean, before we even get to that game, I think we should tie a little bit of a bow. Yes. Um, Yes. We're we're making it sound a lot like North Dakota State did this and didn't do that. Um, But, I mean, we got to talk about this Southern Illinois team um, a little bit more because I was looking at their schedule season ago, refreshing my memory on what they did. They were 7-5, 5-3 in conference, finished third. Um, Beat everyone they were supposed to beat, but lost to a ranked Southeast Missouri State team, lost to that good South Dakota State team, lost to a good Illinois State team, uh, lost to, obviously, North Dakota State. And they lost this game last year, 21-7, but I was looking at the box score, and they ran the ball really well last year against the bison They Had over 200 rushing yards averaged about five yards a pop a season ago so they had already been running the ball well against this north dakota state team and then you add in an x factor which is their starting quarterback nick baker 17 to 23 254 this year last year he did not play the game huh. <laughs> uh they, uh, they only had seven, 70 passing yards a season ago. So, you know, Southern Illinois now uh, recalibrate their expectations. If they're going to, you know, their, their offense was good at times last year. They've had a good running game now for a couple of years running, pun intended. Um, but, you know, why not them if, if they're going to improve their passing game to this degree?
1: I mean they're they're starting to get they're starting to get involved in the RPO game they're starting to kind of get involved in uh, expanding some of these spread principles uh, into their into their already improving run game so yeah you're exactly right I mean what's stopping Southern Southern Illinois from getting up to the top of this conference and and. I, I may be wrong on this. I may be totally off, but I'm starting to kind of get concerned long term with North Dakota State I mean they they've had they're showing some issues and some cracks in the dam that just aren't promising beyond this game, even like the defense, uh, especially the backfield giving up big plays, uh you know, the offensive line not being able to hold out uh, a pass rush and costly turnovers and things like that. It just kind of seems like you know, maybe we're going to see a team that's going to come back down to the pack in a big way and and really open things up in this conference. And this thing's far from over as far as the conference goes. I mean, this, you know, at this point, you know, which has has not been the case most years, this is a wide open conference. So a team like Southern Illinois could easily jump in there and, and win this thing. North Dakota has a great chance of winning this thing. North Dakota State, if they fix some of these issues, they can win this thing. Uh, then you have South Dakota State, who's definitely not out of it. They they've got some, they've got some issues to fix, and especially in special teams. Uh, so, you know that you know teams have got to figure this stuff out, and teams have got to grow up quickly. And it just seems like North Dakota State hasn't adjusted to this new spring spring thing yet, and it just and it's showing. I think.
2: Yeah, it's a- well. I think the other thing is you know you have so much roster turnover as well as so much turnover in the coaching ranks that at some point you naturally expect North Dakota state to come back to the pack at least a little bit.
1: Yeah. And eventually Alabama will. If, if we're using a similar example on, on the, on the FPS level,
2: but, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, how did the, uh, the Mike price era go in Alabama? Hmm. I mean, it happens.
1: It's a great one. Um, but I mean, losing Trey Lance for obvious reasons is a huge well, and don't blow to your forget team. about
0: Dylan radnas right? Their 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 tackle who's projected to be at yeah. worst a second round pick too. Yeah, I their mean, best offensive lineman and their quarterback.
1: Two two giant centerpieces to your team, uh, pun intended there too, uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, you lose those guys right before the season. You know they opt out. And no one can blame them. But it's it's a weird year. They're just not prepared, I don't think, and I, I don't think they've mentally recovered from losing those guys, and, and it showed there were passes batted down, there was disrupted throws, contested catches that they had to try to make, and it just didn't seem like they were in a rhythm. Now whether or not that's a long term concern, I'm kinda concerned. But they're well they're well enough off program that they will they'll figure some things out, they'll make it interesting, but I definitely don't think they're a lock anymore.
0: Well, I mean, like I was saying earlier, the team that I thought if if they're not a lock to win, the team that I thought would be would was South Dakota State, and they got they got beat up by by North Dakota. Now, losing the turnover battle three to one did not help the Jackrabbits here in this one, but overall, just it was. Not the greatest of days for South Dakota State and North Dakota. You know they have started the season pretty darn well for themselves. I mean, some
1: huge plays and special teams. Also, I mean, they
0: beat that Southern Illinois team that just beat North Dakota State last week, forty-four to twenty-one. They follow that up by beating South Dakota State, pretty much the consensus number two team in the Missouri Valley, and at this point. They are now sitting on top of the MVFC standings at two and zero, as the only team that's undefeated and has played two games. Both South Dakota and Missouri State are are one and zero in conference, but North yeah. Dakota at this point is the team to beat, Coach.
1: If they, I really think they are. I mean, they it's they crazy. are crazy. It's crazy. They seem to be the most complete team right now, uh, and they seem to be the team that's that has uh, really quickly shaken off the rust. And, and they do a lot of good things well. They're, they're, they're extremely physical. They play really good in the special teams game. And they just create havoc for, for opposing offenses, and they take advantage of it. I mean, three turnovers, uh, and, and they were able to take advantage of that. A blocked punt. Mm-hmm. Uh, another A uh, couple big returns in the return game. And then you have an offense that is playing at a high level. It's a recipe for success, and I, I think they're doing a. I think they're doing a tremendous job of it. And they, they're they're the ones that came over from Big Sky, right? If yes, I remember they correctly.
0: are. They came over from the Big Sky.
1: I mean, it's not like they came over from a slappy conference. It's, it's it's not like they came to the. You know, it's not like they joined the ACC from the MAC. I mean, it it, it you know, they it might have been like they joined the MAC from the ACC. It is what it's seeming <laughs> like. Um. They're they're, they're like, they seem dominant. Almost I mean, right, right now, Josh yeah, Josh coming over from the big sky. I mean, I mean, I just I just watched a fake punt go for, you know, thirty yards, thirty plus yards. A big, a big gutsy gutsy call there, deep in their own territory. I mean, they, you know that they, they subscribe to the uh, Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit. Mm-hmm. I like that style of play.
0: Yeah, of course you do.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty. I mean,
0: anything I know about you is that um yeah, you, you, you know, you, you're a guy who likes uh, who's not afraid to take a couple of risks. Uh Josh though, I mean, how much does it surprise you that they were able to come over from the Big Sky and be you know, not just a player but a power player in the Missouri Valley, which is, you know, alongside the Colonial, the best conference in in FCS college football, their first year uh, in the conference.
2: I mean, it's a bit of a surprise, but it's not like I'm utterly dumbfounded and my jaw has hit the floor. This was a team that was above 500 a year ago. They gave Weber State everything that they could handle in Ogden. Uh, They beat Sam Houston State, and I know Sam Houston State – uh, didn't have a banner year last year, but that's still a really good program. Um, I guess if we were to put kind of a parallel to it, this would be like um, maybe the second or third best team in the Pac-12. So let's say Oregon, Washington, Washington, that type yeah, of team. I, I, yeah, Washington, yeah. yeah. It would be like Washington joining, the, maybe the SEC. I was gonna, yeah, and I was gonna say the Big Ten, but and it's like, it's like, oh wow, you know, Washington, Washington beat Auburn. Oh my goodness! And it's like, well, it, you know, Auburn is a nice team, but they didn't win the conference a year ago. You know, True. It, let's see what North Dakota does against the Bison. There's they've got issues, but they're still a team to beat. Um, I thought you and I was better than this Jackrabbit team. It's a really nice win. I picked North Dakota to actually cover the spread. Yes, you did. Uh, so I thought it'd be a close game. I just I think the Jackrabbits are a nice team, but I had them third in the conference. So this is sort of like, uh, well, you figure switching conferences, let's go over the big ten. Ohio State's the best. most years, Penn State's the second best. This is like beating Iowa. Does anyone jump for joy when they beat Iowa? I guess Minnesota fans, because they have nothing else. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, what's, what was interesting about this game... Yeah, big
1: boats with uh, oars.
2: Yeah. What I found really interesting about this game is North Dakota looked dominant at times, but also... They're giving up a lot of chunk plays, which is yeah, concerning. Yeah. They, they, they looked like they were trying to let it slip away. And the last few drives of, of this game was North Dakota basically say, or excuse me, South Dakota State basically saying, anything you can do, we can do worse. Uh, here were the last drives of the game. Here are the, here are the last drives of the game. Uh, down 28-17, Jackrabbits turn it over on downs. Four plays later, North Dakota throws an interception. One play later, South Dakota State throws an interception. Then North Dakota has a turnover on Downs, and then South Dakota State returns the favor with a turnover on Downs.
1: <laughs> special teams was truly special in this game, too. Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really, really nice win for North Dakota. Um, looking forward to seeing how this all plays out. They've got South Dakota and Western Illinois next. Uh, you would expect those to be winnable games, uh, but then the big one towards the end of this month, March 20th up in the Fargo Dome that's going to be the one that I think will really tell us e- even if they do lose but you know keeping it close last year they they lost handily to the Bison but if North Dakota pulls off that upset I mean then then the sky's the limit almost
0: yeah well let's head over guys to the Socon and the other giant upset of the weekend was the Paladins of Furman, who looked outstanding in their first week, uh, losing a very strange game to the key debts of VMI. And it wasn't, you know, it's not like it was a turnover fest. You know, one lost fumble for Furman. VMI just straight up shut down the offense of Furman coach, and that this that might have been the most shocking thing that I saw all weekend.
1: Yeah, just huge, huge defensive stops, huge defensive plays. It, when it seemed like Furman was going to start to get things going, VMI just slammed the door right in their face. Big sack here on third down. Mm-hmm. Big hit. Yeah, limp, so I, I, I mean, maybe I should have been a little bit, bit clear about that because, every inch, yeah,
0: because you know, because Furman did outgain VMI, but. Every time they needed a key defensive stop, yeah, VMI got it. VMI was able to do it, and VMI was able to get them. What was able to get Furman to have to either punt or turn the ball over on downs, or just yeah. it, it was these crazy like you you see you see these drives for Furman, you're looking at them, 11 plays for 35 yards. Mm-hmm. 7 plays for 26 yards 7 plays yeah. 27 yards and they had
1: a very Dallas Cowboys type game where it's a ton of empty yards but nothing of it nothing mm-hmm. of any significance it was 14-13 for a long time in the second half and VMI just i mean it, when it mattered they were aggressive and they just i mean they were physical i mean we saw more, we saw what uh we saw 8
0: combined oh sorry we saw 14 combined punts in this game yeah, for it was, 589 combined yards i it mean it was ugly it was well, ugly football it was ugly football i mean, u- ugly I mean football. D-
1: d- define ugly i mean if if, if if you like defensive football it was a great game but for it, you. I, but here's the thing i i didn't even feel
0: like it was great defensive football i felt like there was more of Just bad game planning and bad execution, more so than great defense. Don't get me wrong; like VMI made some great defensive stops, and VMI came up big when they needed to come up big. But I felt like Furman was just squandering opportunities left and right, and they would be—you know—they would have a chance to to a a guy would you know cut it a, a guy running the ball would cut it up when he had a chance to to bounce it outside and just like. I, I this is, I feel like, some of the things we're going to see in spring football this year, right? We're not, it's just the rhythm is off. And yeah, so, and, and I think that, that Furman, you know, going on the road up to, you know, up to VMI. And in the spring, it just, things were a little bit off. And because of that, VMI, VMI was able to pull off the, the big upset.
1: Well, Matt, one thing I'm going to push back on a little bit is, you know when you when you say ugly football and things like that when when you have a when you have a defense that's playing as well as VMI was mm-hmm. um, and they didn't play well every play but no what what defense does but when you're playing as well as they are especially in big key moments it forces the other team to kind of panic like when like I'll, I'll give you a Braves example when you had Greg Maddox up there guys were flailing at pitches not because they're bad hitters just because they're panicking and they think that might be the only hittable pitch they mm-hmm. get and they flail at it you know a, a back might think. I can't I have to cut it now or I'm not going to get any yards and then it ends up still not getting any yards and it, and it and what he was actually first instinct was actually open. So it causes it causes teams to kind of panic and and play calling reflects that you kind of get unsure of yourself and and that's that's kind of those forced unforced errors, you know. It's kind of an oxymoron, mm. but you know what I mean like normally where Furman would probably thrive in those scenarios. Now they're probably second guessing themselves. The play calls are, are being second guessed. They're not calling games in the rhythm that they normally do. Things like that. Like protections aren't shored up. The quarterback's not sure if he's gonna get tattooed every time he drops back. You know, they're not sure, you know, the read keys are all messed up and they're you know they're 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 muddy in the water in that regard. There's a whole lot of factors that go into ugly football that actually make it really good. Like watching an ugly baseball game, watching Greg Maddox pitch was a thing of beauty. Lots of one nothing games where the the common family would be like, oh one nothing that's boring. You know, you, you take soccer, a, a, a you know a one one draw or one nothing deal where there's great shots being created, but you know goalkeeper makes a great save or. You know the the right back makes a key stop before they make a key cross where you have guys streaking. You know there's some good moments overshadowed by really good defense, and it and it just looks worse than it actually is. So I'm gonna have to tip my cap to to VMI on this situation. They forced Furman into playing a bad game. Josh,
2: yeah, I mean if you're looking for some bright spots from what was a game that was uh was herky jerky, I think, to say the be- the least. It was uh at times reminiscent of Iowa's six to four win over Penn State where uh there was some nice defensive plays, there was some sloppy offense, um touch and go for lack of a better word, but um couple standouts for, for VMI to to talk about. Uh their quarterback Reese Yudinsky uh, 248 passing yards, um, did not get much from his running game. They, they produced 20 yards on 22 carries. Good old fashioned so, nine um, tenths
0: of a yard per carry.
2: Yeah. Um, he produced both touchdowns, uh, with his arm. He also punted once. And then I wanted to talk about the, uh, this is a deep cut. I mean, FCS football, talk about an FCS punter. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but, FCS punters, man, <laughs> why not? But uh, Jack Colbreath, mm-hmm. six punts, two hundred and forty yards, um, fifty-six long. Uh, so that's about an average of forty yards per punt. And you look at some of the Furman starting position, and you see why they struggled as much. So um, uh, one of the VMI punts, uh, you know, gets uh, gets Furman down inside their own twenty. Drive starts there. Another Furman drive begins at their 12. Uh, another VMI punt results in Furman uh, down around their own 20. Uh, another Furman or another uh, VMI punt leads to Furman having their drive start at the three-yard line. Um, another punt by VMI has Furman start at their own 11. It's really hard to have. 90 yard drives over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and i mean coach you're an offensive coordinator uh how many good plays do you get in a drive i think you get seven to eight at most so if those seven to eight are starting at the 15 yard line they better be some pretty big chunk plays (laughs) yeah and i think that's just what Furman ran into because you look at their drives and Lo and behold, they'll have seven- and eight-yard drives, but they're stalling out around midfield.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys, we got to move on to uh, the last game. I want to talk about the Idaho Vandals. Uh, Idaho in the big sky, and they're taking on Eastern Washington, which has been perennial power here, and they equated themselves quite nicely, 28-21, Big victory, big, big victory for Idaho here. And, you know, this was a, uh, you know, this was another, this was not as sloppy as some of these other games. We saw the typical Eastern Washington airing it out, 340 yards passing. But one of the things you mentioned earlier with the last game coach was those empty yards for Furman. I felt like mm-hmm. Eastern Washington also had a lot of these empty yards uh, mm-hmm. that they, uh, f- you know, o- overall, you know, they had 426 yards, but only were able to take away 22 points. And that's because when they were, you know, at once they crossed over into to uh, Idaho territory, they had two problems, a two missed field goals. That's going to hurt you. That's and then gonna kill you. It, it, it's going to kill you. And then one of the other big problems with that air raid offense they had a bunch of three and outs. They had a bunch of yeah, you three and outs. I mean, I count. I think it's either four or five three and outs plus
1: another four and out. Like, and the it, problem with those three and outs is they're not like <laughs> three runs and chew up two and a half minutes off the clock. No, it's it's, it's three 20 passes and, and maybe thirty seconds at most. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so I I I feel like Idaho. By and they weren't necessarily in the more, more balanced team on the game. I mean, they only ran for seventy yards on twenty nine attempts. Neither team could run the ball. Both the teams were throwing the ball, but Idaho just seemed to have.
1: They just finished when they had to. Yeah,
0: they and and they didn't have those big, big errors when it came to missed field goals.
2: Yeah, no, they didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, Eastern Washington. They, put Up twenty-one points. They had a punt but, return for a touchdown
1: too. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's down to the kicking game. We
0: always talk yeah.
2: about it. Yeah, I mean, Eastern Washington put up twenty-one points, but did a pick six to help that. So offensively, just fourteen points, and um, you know, Eastern Washington took a little bit of a dip last year. I, I'm wondering if that's something to keep an eye on. If you know, Eastern Washington talked about the cycles that you often see in yeah. FCS. Where I, I think uh,
1: I think you're starting to see. Within that conference, you're starting to kind of see it shift down the coast a little bit to like UC Davis, Weber State, those uh, those type schools, mm-hmm. uh, and, mm-hmm. and you know, Eastern Washington and, and Montana used to dominate that conference. And well, it, it, and I, it is, and I think spe- Montana still is still is in it. Spe- it is
0: a shame that Montana and Montana State are not playing this year because yeah. I I would oh man I would love to watch Montana that they were going to be such a good team this year man they were going to be so good both those montana schools are going to be so good this year and it's it's really too bad that they're not playing mm-hmm. you know i understand it but i can still as a football fan wish that they were so yeah
1: that, that would be it'd be interesting to see what how they would match up with Easter washington how they would match like this idaho team playing against montana you know Weber State playing against Montana, exactly. Southern Utah it, playing against Montana, and, just kind of seeing how they match up.
0: And that's what I think that that that's what I, that's what I'm going to miss this year because if you had both those Montana schools in the mix, we could be looking at the Big Sky almost pretty much on par with the Missouri Valley, Missouri Valley and the Colonial, I think. But because we yeah, don't have, fair. I mean, three of the top five schools in the conference have opted out this year. And yeah. that's a really big problem for the big sky in terms of just what the quality of football we're going to see is. Yeah, we still got Weber State, the best team in the conference. But after that, you know, I mean, Eastern Washington probably should be the second best team in the conference. And we're not getting them because, you know, I, you know, they've definitely taken a couple steps back since the graduation of what, Cooper Cup. Um and you know they had a couple quarterbacks there for a minute and now it is you know there's only so much that the red turf is going to bring you game in and
1: these California's these California schools are you know they're going to start taking advantage of in-state talent you Davis, know that's
0: gonna poly yeah yeah that's gonna
1: it's 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 gonna be a factor at some point where. You know, California is way more talent-rich than Washington. Mm -hmm. You know, and if California ever gets packed to playing high school football, um, you know, we'll we'll continue to see it. But, you know, that's where I see it going. And then you have other surprisingly talent-rich states like Utah. Like, Utah is more talent than I ever thought in the Salt Lake City area. And they supply – I mean, they're able to supply three universities – with uh, BYU, which they all leave and come back as thirty-year-olds, but <laughs> uh, and then Utah and Southern Utah, and then you factor in Utah State as well, and
0: Weber State,
1: and Weber State.
0: Yeah, I mean that—that's five schools right there.
1: Yeah, and 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 yeah, they they pluck from Colorado, they pluck from Arizona, they they pluck, pluck from Co- they, they pluck
0: from California for and sure, and they pluck from
1: California. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. But still. They have to they have to be sustained within their own state too at some point.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You guys uh, not acknowledging Dixie State in your uh, Utah wrap up?
1: Guess not. But guess not. <laughs> what what an odd name, Dixie State.
2: Uh, evidently, the southern half of the state of Utah is called the Dixie part of the state. I had
0: no idea because I thought, I genuinely thought Dixie State was in Louisiana. <laughs>
2: Where's Tarleton State in? They sound like that, Texas. that's that's Texas.
0: Stephenville, Texas. Yeah, that that yes, is. Right. I, I do know. I, I do know that's in Texas.
1: Stephenville, Texas. Harry <laughs> <Stephenville>. Bigger, Texas. <sighs> Brisket. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, don't uh, don't mess with
2: Texas. All right. Well, I, I think that where's Fort Lewis, Texas? The Fort Lewis Skyhawks. Where are they? Probably Texas. Texas. I have no clue.
1: I'm guessing Texas or Mississippi. It's in
2: Colorado. Oh,
1: sweet. Which used to be part of Texas. Where's Lindsey Wilson University? Texas. No.
2: Bluegrass I have, boy,
1: Kentucky. I
0: have, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Where's Eastern I, Kentucky? Tennessee. Sweet.
2: <laughs> um. Where is uh? <laughs> the school I always mispronounce, and Matt corrects me, Incarnate Word. <laughs> you actually said it right for the first time. It's in Houston.
0: San Antonio. Incarnate
2: World. Incarnate World sounds way better.
0: In- I would much rather go to Incarnate World than Incarnate Word.
1: Incarnate Incarnate Word is uh, San Antonio. It's San Antonio. I, th- I thought it was Houston yeah.
0: for some reason. No,
1: I, I, I would pass by it every time I go to the Army Bowl. I know oh, that okay. for a fact.
0: Yeah. I guess... I mean, the, the, them and Houston Baptist can have the... Uh, yeah.
2: Everyone knows Houston is the site of Rice University. Well, yeah, duh.
1: That's
2: what they're known and for.
1: They're not known for the Houston Texans oh. or the Rockets. Not Rice. It's all about Rice. Rice University. Astros? Is there any other school in
2: Houston? Yeah. The University <laughs> now we're, of now Houston? We're just, now we're just... I was just trying to troll the UH people <laughs> out there. All you, all you Q like, kids. are yep. like, they're, they're like yelling, like five slam a jamma? like come yeah, on. Yeah,
0: you can't hate on you can't hate hate on Hakeem when when he was at Houston. He was Hakeem
2: Clyde the Clyde but the Glide. Houston has uh, the distinction of producing a uh, Heisman winner while the team was on probation and he was never seen on TV.
0: Andre Ware, baby,
1: yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: that's
0: impressive. It's quite impressive, Andre Ware. One of the better uh, color guys we've got on college football these days.
1: Mm-hmm. He is. It's too bad he's like buried in the freaking. Well, he's uh, always
0: buried in, like, uh, A, he always gets the 11 o'clock Central game somewhere. And it's always like the third rate, like, Big Ten game or something.
1: The 11 Central <laughs> yeah, he, he's, Purdue versus Rutgers. Yep. <laughs> Him and Beth Moens.
2: No, I was about to say he's called a lot of Iowa versus Northern Illinois games. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was gonna say he's caught a lot of Wisconsin versus. I was gonna say he's called like like Wisconsin versus West, like Eastern Michigan games or something like that. So <laughs> he
1: he knows he knows that Iowa Northern Iowa match up so well that like uh, there's a joke in there somewhere. I'm too brain dead to figure <laughs> it
0: out. It's okay. It's late. Um, and uh, speaking of that, we need to uh, move on to the next segment of the podcast. But before we do that, geography we want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay, where whether it's rare dead stock or the latest release, you can find the exact shoe you're looking for on eBay. The original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop that pair. You've been eyeing coach. What have you been eyeing lately? I've been eyeing some Jordan fours and some Jordan sevens. Jordan fours, Jordan sevens. I'm looking for, I'm personally looking for some Jordan threes, and some uh, and, and some Burberry Air Force ones. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I've been okay. So I've been weirdly listening to a lot of Nelly recently, which has made me want to uh, jump in on some on some Air Force ones. Obviously, Josh, we're I'm going to bother asking you because we know you're not a you're not a soul man. But
2: I mean, I've I've got some bright orange Chuck Taylors.
0: Oh, that's nice. How bright? Like what? What? What shade of orange? Are we, are we talking like Tennessee orange? Or are we talking more like burnt
2: orange? I'd say I'd say it's in the zip code of Tennessee.
0: <sighs> Josh, I don't know how I feel about that.
2: They're real bright and they're real good looking, <laughs> and they're real comfortable.
0: Well, because they're Chuck Taylors. So. Uh, Josh, I'm sure they are authentic chuck taylor's and you know they would be if you bought them on ebay because of ebay's authenticity guarantee because of that your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators a whole team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box logo stitching and dozens of other inspection points each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity Authentic sneakers can be found on eBay. This protects sellers with a verified pr- return process and protects the buyers because you know you are getting the real deal Holy field For all you sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on any sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your connection or your collection, either way. So head on over to ebay.com slash sneakers today on ebay the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection again that's ebay.com slash sneakers yo get
1: you some jordan six retro og Carmines.: oh
0: <laughs> no I, I i'm really looking to cop some threes right now oh, i, I nice really seat. want a pair of threes I mean, I've got let's, my ones like my like I've got the OG. I've got the ones in the in the red and black colorways. You can uh, get
1: a you can get a retro black, court purple cement, Jordan threes for one ninety
0: five to two sixty. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't. No, that that's not my colorway, man. I want the reds. I got to have the reds.
1: See the Jordan retro unite fire red cement. Hmm. Yeah, those look fresh, dude. I I'm gonna go with the cool gray.
0: No, I want the red and whites, baby. I G- want the me the red and whites. Give me the
1: cool grays. The cool grays are, are nice looking.
0: Or but, or if in, in for when it comes to my Air Force 1s, if I can't get if I can't get the Burberrys, I'm going to uh I I am going to take a a page from my man Murphy Lee and get the blue and whites. They sound nice. So you got to make it twice.
1: That's right. Uh but yeah, I, I like the Jordan 4 Retro Starfish. The, those are those are Man, those those are that's my jam
0: well it, it sounds like we're just uh we're we're plugging nike here all days i mean i'm listen man i'm wearing some air maxes right now so i got my i got i got my air max i call them the uga colorway
1: i got the uh oh yeah i got the uh the air burtons the air burtons you know. yeah i'm barefoot <laughs> oh good lord the okay. only square shoe you'll ever find
0: gents uh two more conferences we're going to talk about today uh that are starting up this weekend in full we'll start with the colonial which is alongside the missouri valley the best conference in all of fcs football colonial this year six game conference schedule starts this weekend ends april 17th uh teams were allowed to have up to two non-conference games uh up until the the uh weekends before this weekend so we've already seen teams like James Madison in action. Josh, can you name the one colonial team that is not participating this year? Mm. Mm. New if,
1: Hampshire.
0: Uh Elon. Oh no, it's Towson. Towson. Ah. We're going to
1: Thousand you'll be missed.
0: So this year, the colonial has split up into two divisions in the North teams will face each other. Once those teams include Albany, Delaware, Maine, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Stony Brook, and Villanova. Seven teams. So six games right there. You play each other once to full round Robin in the Southern part of the CAA, There's only four teams. So what are they doing? They're doing home and homes. Elon, James Madison, Richmond, and William and Mary will be playing each other twice during this regular season uh, with the team with the best conference record earning an automatic qualifier into the playoff. The tiebreaker will be instituted if divisional teams uh divisional champions i should say have the same conference record obviously james madison is the favorite here we've seen them win the national title be in the national title game multiple times in recent years they are off to another strong start this season but josh um outside of the favorite what team are you most interested in here this season
2: Well, Villanova's been sniffing around. uh, You know, Villanova finished, I think, second in this conference a year ago. Villanova's got a pretty nice football program here the last, oh, maybe five, six, seven, eight years type thing. Um, But actually, a a team that I'm very intrigued by is Mm. Albany. They return a freshman All-American quarterback in Jeff. Under Cuffler,
0: Great name.
2: He was phenomenal a year ago. He had 3,500 yards, 41 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions as a freshman.
0: That's a pretty nice debut. Yeah, he, he was, you know, outside of Trey Lance, maybe the best, probably the best freshman quarterback in the entirety of the FCS.
2: Yeah, and you look at his game log from... A year ago, and you notice something, and and this is the weird, quirky thing about the Colonial is, it's a really big conference. He did not have to play Nova or the Big Bad Boys down there in James Madison a year ago. Well, with the division thing, he still won't have Big Bad James Madison until potentially the conference title game. But he does obviously have Vanilla Nova in that division. So I'm very curious... The pathway is there, I think, for Albany. They should have a really good offense. Again, you expect him. you know. I know that there's the sophomore slump to always be mindful of, but if he continues his development, as you would certainly hope if you're a great Dane fan, this could be the best offense in the conference. And like I said, the path is there. You beat Villanova, you win that division, and then you get to meet James Madison for all the marbles.
0: Coach, how about you? How, are there any teams that are jumping off the page to you?
1: well, for various reasons, but i I want to see what this main team does ooh uh th- they have a lot of new faces coming back mm-hmm. uh they only have five or starters. they only have five starters returning on offense, four on defense. They got a lot of newcomers, whether it be freshmen or transfers, and they've kind of had some time to kind of get acclimated so they may not know what rust looks like. They may just be – that's just how they expect it. And they may – you know, this could either be one of those where they finish dead last or they're going to be making a run for for the conference title just depending on how well, you know, these guys play. And, you know, if they're a little bit crisper than a team that was was together, they started, they stopped, all that good stuff. So it'll be interesting to kind of see. Um, You had three players who transferred – You have a safety, Fafi Bazzi from Maryland. Uh. Uh, You have a grad transfer, nose guard, Austin Chambers. He came from BYU. And then you have a running back, Elijah Barnwell, coming over from Rutgers. And so um, you also have the kicker who came over from Stetson as a grad transfer as well. So you have some guys getting mixed in. You have a defense being boltered by FBS transfers so that'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out, what impact they can make. Uh, Joe Fagano, Joe mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, Fug-nano. Fug-nano. Fagnano. Fagnano. Uh, Fagnano. 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 Yeah, he was. Fug-nano. Yeah,
0: Fagnano. Josh mentioned freshman quarterback over at Albany in yeah. under Cuffler. And Had it not been for him, Fognano would probably be the freshman quarterback talk of the town because he had a pretty strong freshman season as well.
1: He did. But
0: outside of him, last year was not great for the Black Bears. No, and and
1: they can only go up, I think. And, Mm -hmm. And it'll be because they have so many newcomers. I'm curious to see if they can quickly overcome that because when you have newcomers, it can go either way. You can stay on the same path, or teams like that usually surprisingly make big jumps
0: yeah the team i'm most interested in and you guys are going to accuse me of being a homer is the university of new hampshire <laughs> um homer thanks you're welcome they've got the best defense in the colonial no they don't yeah they do <laughs> no they they're don't. better than james Mattis. yes i believe that <laughs>
2: okay. i
0: believe that they have the best defense in In the Colonial, one of the best in all of FCS. They have it's a veteran defense. They have guys at all three levels who know what they're doing, can make plays. And it's going to come down to uh, can Dylan Lobb, the tailback, their feature back, get loose? If he gets loose and if he's able to break some big runs, they are going to be a scary scary team for anyone who plays them
1: well they open with albany and that's going to be i think that ain't, that ain't gonna be a that's well, that, not a, a easy that, open
0: no that is uh that is the definitely the game of the weekend in the colonial which we will talk about here very very soon um other teams that, I mean...
2: Well, I, I mean, we would be remiss. Let, let, let's be real. I mean, it's fun to talk about these dark horses. Well, yeah, James it's, Madison is the team. We've got to talk about James Madison and Villanova. I mean, Villanova returns... Uh, you know, I said I said the Great Danes had a chance to be the best offense in the conference. According to the the paper rosters right now, if things go chalk, Villanova will have the yeah. best. Offense. Well, and we I mean, also we also Smith, their senior we also can't forget their senior quarterback was incredible a year ago. We can't
0: forget James Madison has already played two games and won yep. them by a combined score of eighty-eight to
2: sixteen. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good.
1: Yeah, that, that'll that'll work. No, that'll, that'll play. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Villanova opens up with Stony Brook, so that'll be, you know, that'll be fun. That'll be sporty. Um, mm-hmm. you know.
0: And we've been talking about quarterbacks. Villanova actually might have the best quarterback in the conference.
2: I was talking about him. Yeah, Daniel yeah, Smith. He is, he,
0: he is outstanding.
2: Yeah, 3,200 passing yards a year ago, 450 rushing yeah, I was gonna yards. Yeah, he
1: can scoot, between, too.
2: Yeah, between his arm and leg, he counted for 47 touchdowns last season.
1: You now, imagine if he accounted for both legs. That would probably double.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> See what did
2: there? Uh
0: Anyone? Are, are are there any other other dark horse teams you're interested in? I think that I mean they're not going to do anything this year, but I think William and Mary in a couple of years could be a mm. team that we need to look out for. Mike London, a, a name you guys should recognize. I mean, I know uh-huh. you guys do, but the listener of okay. the show may recognize former coach at
2: Virginia. Yes, Virginia. sir. Virginia. And before that, Memphis. <laughs> right?
0: I don't think so. I do not think he was the coach at Memphis. <laughs> I can't even get it. Out. He,
2: he was no. He's definitely not. At FCS, he was at Richmond. I think
0: before he was out of Virginia, he was at Richmond. That is correct.
1: <laughs> Memphis I don't even know Where you got that from bro Well coach knew it was a southern City I mean I got the reason he's never even
0: coached In the state of Tennessee (laughs) He's basically spent His entire career In the state of Virginia The level of
2: conviction though is what got me That was impressive Coach if if you had delivered it Like Memphis Like you're thinking about it but That was awesome Memphis yeah, he that has was a-
0: spent he has spent a total of four seasons in or uh, 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 maybe a couple more seasons than four seasons in his entire coaching career outside of the state of Virginia. He was the head coach at Howard for two years. <laughs>
1: Howard, was, that's what it was, and
0: that's in Washington D.C., which is basically Virginia.
1: Yeah, that he Howard, was the okay.
0: he was the defensive line coach at Maryland for Howard. a year. Right next to Virginia. Howard. In two thousand five, he was the coach. He Howard. was the defensive line coach of the Houston Texans. And then he spent three year, right. three seasons as the defensive line coach at Boston College.
1: So yeah, Memphis. That was a great guess. Yeah. So a great guess. Um, Love that guess. And he played at Richmond too. Um, anyhow, you, you guys. Uh, need, you guys need any more doozies for me? <sighs>
2: Well, speaking about those Richmond Spiders, I think they're an interesting team Uh. as well. They they return some nice pieces, especially on defense. Uh, Freshman All-American linebacker Tristan Wheeler and sophomore All-American defensive lineman Kobe Turner. Um, You know, they have some talent on the roster. Are they as a completed team as Nova or James Madison? Certainly not, but it just takes any given Saturday. So you know, that defense gets hot, we just spent 20 minutes or however long it was talking about VMI's defensive victory over Furman, Richmond could produce similar results.
1: Do we uh, Do we think Elon's going to do anything uh, no. special? I mean, I, no. I saw them as that fourth team in the South. No. I mean, I, I didn't I'm know sorry. if they were going to be. I, I,
0: I do not believe in Elon right now. They're going yeah, to sh- they're gonna have to show me something yeah. first.
1: Yeah, they they've got their work cut out for them for sure. I didn't know if they could like be one of those like pesky teams that could. I mean, it's spring football, so you never know. I didn't I didn't know if they could jump in there or if they had a chance to be that team, or they're probably just going to get run over.
2: I, I think they're a weaker version of Richmond, where they have some intriguing talent, but they're not nearly as a completed team as yeah. The presumptive favorites of Nova well, and James. They
1: Madison. lost Davis Cheek as their quarterback. They have a new starting quarterback, so that doesn't help either. You
0: know, I, I it's interesting because the the South is pretty much, you know, settled law at this point. It's going to be James Madison.
1: Yeah. You could
0: tell me, I I could envision. You know, there's seven teams in the North. I can envision pretty much all of them besides Rhode Island. Winning the conference and it wouldn't be like oh my god like my world is entirely shocked you know like I I think that there's a case to be made for Maine for New Hampshire for Albany for Stony Brook you know in you know I think
1: in the end Maine's inexperience is going to bite them but I think they're going to be I think they're going to be a really tough uh, tough it's going to it's going to come down
0: it's going to come down to Nova UNH and Albany I think I think. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm not entirely sure about that. But we'll I, I, see
1: I th- about UNH and Albany this this weekend. I mean, we're gonna we're
0: gonna see about them this weekend. Before we get into talking about this that game, though, I want to talk about the SWAC. Um, because the SWAC is back. Obviously, uh, <laughs> the big news about the SWAC is the addition of one, the one, the only, Coach Prime.
1: Coach Prime. Well, Coach He's not Prime getting his stuff stolen.
0: And he's that, <laughs> that, that, that saga is, we, we don't need to discuss it um, against
1: Eldrick Waters University. Eldrick Waters. Technical Eldrick, State college.
0: Uh, I, I know that Tiger Woods, uh, created his own school. He Edward did. Woods. You didn't know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, They'll be playing Jackson State. They'll be playing Grambling State this weekend, which is interesting in and of itself. But I don't think that Jackson State necessarily is going to be the favorite in uh, in the SWAC this season. Let's go over a couple. Before we get into the teams themselves, let's, uh, let's just go over what it's going to look like this year. Teams will have a six-game conference schedule, and uh, there will be four opponents within their own division and two within the opposite division of them. Um, They were also weirdly allowed to play another SWAC opponent that doesn't count towards the conference standings. Um, And then there will be a conference championship game uh, hosted by the higher seed on May 1st, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, Alabama Alabama, uh, State played somebody this past weekend. Uh, I saw some sort of highlights. Maybe I think they. Yeah, they played uh, Southern. That's right. Southern, they played Southern. Right.
0: Um, but um, and you know, I I think that there there is some there's a lot of intrigue in the SWAC this year, but one of the big storylines that Alcorn State opted out of the spring, and because of that, it's more wide open than we would have expected for my money I I still I still like Alabama A&M here in the east and they their season opens up really late. They don't start for two more weeks after this when they start when they play Prairie A&M on the 20th. But I think Alabama A&M has potentially the best quarterback in the conference with Akil class. He mm-hmm. is.
2: I, I think they would have, you know, I, I think they would have been attempting team to pick above Alcorn State, even with Alcorn State opting in. So, I don't want our listeners to think that like Alabama A and M is something.
0: Okay, no, that, that's true. So, but I, I think yeah. with Alcorn State uh, opting out, I think that they are the very strong favorite then in the East. Is is, is what yeah, I should
2: say. I, yeah, I, I really like their quarterback, and you were about to talk about it. So well, yeah, so... I don't want to steal your... Thing. They glass. have nine
1: preseason all, all SWAC players, too. Yeah, they, have,
0: they, they are loaded, and last year, um, their defense was the weak part, and I think that they have grown a lot on defense, <laughs> and I think that they, are, they should be considered the favorites, and... Um, you know I, I think it's all going to I, I think it's all going to align for AM and and Southern to come together for a really interesting SWAC championship game on May 1st but Josh I'm curious to hear your thoughts here in the SWAC
2: yeah I think that those are the accurate predictions I, I think that You know, those were the two best teams or two of the best teams. Obviously, Alcorn State was in the mix uh, coming into this season. But then with Alcorn State out, it it really feels like the pathway is there. Uh, For bigger picture, Alcorn State opting out. They're not the only team of this uh, collection of HBCUs uh, to be opting out. The MIAC has a whole bunch of topsy-turvy stuff going on as well um kind of puts the uh, the black football championship game in a little bit of a weird position we'll have to keep an eye on that that's a fluid situation um just one story that I'm really curious about um we celebrated Austin P having a good season last year for what like felt like the first time in 20 years uh there's a team that I'm Going to be pulling for because I did not know that they were this bad. Um, love their name, so I was drawn to being like, oh, "I wonder, like, what's going on with the Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils?" I mean one of the greatest mm. names ever, Delta Devils. The Fighting Jerry Rices. I, I, I had no idea about this. You guys want to guess their win percentage over the last seven seasons?
1: Ooh, three <laughs> percent.
2: <laughs> no, I'm going to say it's like <laughs> 280. You're high. One. No, I'm 43. not. I, 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 I just I, I, saw it. I'm actually quite it, sober yeah. right now. Yeah, coach Coach saw it. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Point 0.143. Point one yeah, so a 143 I winning a percentage. Double.
0: Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. Um, last year, they went 2-9, and nine, won just one conference game. But, and here's the big but, Six-point losers to Tennessee State. Overtime losers to Lamar. Overtime losers to Jackson State. They had three coin flip games. Can they win their coin flip games this year and sniff around 500? Let's get this thing back on track. I will be pulling for you Delta Devils.
1: Well, the bright spot, it'd been a, uh, is defensive lineman Jerry Garner. Uh, he had ten and a half tackles for loss last year. He's an NFL prospect, a guy that's going to be playing for that uh, paycheck in the, in the draft here coming soon. So uh, he's first team All swack. So that that's the that's the one thing you can point to Mississippi Valley State as okay, they have one guy. So we'll see if he can carry the load. It's gonna be interesting. They they open up with Coach Prime, start the season to start their season on March fourteenth, uh, to start their actually their their swat games that count. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun. I'm also looking forward to you know seeing Southern. I, I, I wanna see you know, I, I think if things if if chalk plays out, you'll have Southern versus versus AM, versus Alabama A&M. Uh, and two great quarterbacks with uh, Ladarius Skelton versus uh, Akil Glass, and I think that'll be something that's fun to watch as far as a conference championship goes. Uh, also, Alabama State is a team that you can't sleep on. Uh, they have been uh, they've been really good, but they have a question mark at quarterback. So that you know they they have some answers to to, to try to seek. Uh, they have some weapons: Ezra Gray, Michael Jefferson uh so I, it'll be it'll be you know they'll be kind of in flux we're not we're not going to really know what they have until they start suiting up and getting on the field but um you have to think that uh the game against alabama am known as the magic city classic could <laughs> could wait be, wait hold on that
0: that really should take place in atlanta though
1: it really should and it might actually. Um, and
0: and the uh, the uh, MC for the game should be Lou Williams,
1: <laughs> Lemon Pepper Lou, um, Lemon Pepper Lou, baby, Lemon <laughs> Pepper Lou, delete uh, the PA announcer for the Magic City Classic in Atlanta. Um, but uh, the battle for Montgomery will take place. That'll probably decide the, the 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 division. If Alabama State can find answers at quarterback, they might be set up. To be able to sneak in, and and get that divisional crown from uh, from A and M, so that'll be that'll be uh, that'll be a good team to watch. And then, of course, I think we're all rooting for Mississippi Valley State because they're not only the underdogs, but they're like whatever the underdog to the underdog is. All right. Well, um,
0: I think with that, we need to head to our final segment of the night.
2: Actually, just super, super, super quick. Sorry, oh. I, I, you know, did we bury I, I the lead some, with Arkansas Pine Bluff? Uh,
1: no,
2: <laughs> no, we didn't. No, we didn't. This was a real burying the lead. I mentioned uh, just kind of in passing that there was a lot of influx with MiAC football. Um, I don't think we talked about this uh, when it happened last month, but the MiAC has canceled their their or. At, as of now suspended it's spring football season, Mm -hmm. but several schools have announced that they're playing seasons as like, I guess, a opposite of Notre Dame. They're doing like a one year independent thing. So um, just that for people that didn't know, that's what I was alluding to. I don't think we ever talked about it. So
1: Um, follow up, like do they just go around and like, how do they find games?
2: Well, I guess they, They'll probably play each other. They'll probably be scheduled as other teams' non-conference games, and I, I, you know, there's not too many floating around, but I think there's still several FCS independents. So it it'll be a very goofy schedule, but I, I'm sure they can cobble together some games.
1: Yeah, cobble they may.
2: Yeah, I, I think like four or five. Um, so I guess six, yeah, six of the nine Miac teams opted out of spring football. So the three, if they each play each other, you know, maybe they do a home and home like the Colonials doing in one of their divisions. I I mean, yeah, it'll be a very weird season when, when it all plays out for a school like Delaware state, but
0: they're trying they are trying. You know, I I I do. I, you know I I feel for all those guys whose seasons have been canceled. Especially, it's got to be extraordinarily difficult to watch other schools in your conference be playing, and you not be playing. You know, I as a fan, like I was saying when we were talking about the Big Sky a little bit earlier, like I wish I could watch Montana Montana State. I feel for those players so much, man, like they're that, you know, they see Eastern Washington and Idaho and Idaho state out there playing. And I know those guys just want to be out there on the field, coach.
1: Yeah, they do. And I I imagine that they're upset that the administration decided that spring football was not in the cards for them. And, you know, we have to be robbed as fans of watching Montana versus Montana State in the driving snow in Bozeman, Montana. I know that I know I looked forward to that all every year. So, there you go.
0: All right, gents. Um let's move on to uh the three games I want to talk about this weekend. Our little spread formation action. Uh I didn't actually tabulate up our uh our our wins and losses from last weekend so uh sorry about that uh i will get all things tabulated for next week but the game of the weekend in the missouri valley is uh the battle of the dakotas and it's not this it's not the blank blank state it's south dakota versus north dakota and north dakota josh is a seven point favorite at home, can North Dakota, can the Flying Hawks keep up their winning ways uh, this weekend? Or will South Dakota State be able to swoop in and uh, will the Coyotes upset the Hawks on the road? Well, the
2: the Coyotes... Uh won their one game so far. Western Illinois game was postponed. They they went down to Illinois State and beat them 27-20. Uh, so they're looking okay-ish, I guess. Uh, I mean, uh, not a bad start to the season. Um, but this, this program's a little bit of an unknown entity, I think would be fair to say. Last year, they managed to go 500 in conference, and obviously the Missouri Valley is very good, but just five and seven overall. Um, I think I'm going to ride the hot hand. Uh, a Seven point spread is getting a little big, uh, but I'm going to ride with North Dakota for at least another week after they, they helped me beat the Jackrabbits. So now let's beat the other team from South Dakota.
1: Ooh, okay. Uh, coach, how do you feel? I mean, I'm with Josh. I'm going to ride the hot hand here. I, the thing that scares me the most about North Dakota is their propensity to give up big chunk plays as they did against the Jacks. But they also made their fair share of big plays. Uh, they, they partially blocked a field goal, blocked a punt, had several key returns, uh, forced pressure uh, on, on a couple of other missed field goals, and just really kind of wreaked havoc, made, made a few big chunk plays offensively themselves. I think they do much of the same. They're red hot right now, so until until that streak ends, I'm, I'm taking. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ride with North Dakota here.
0: I'm going to ride with North Dakota as well, but I do feel. I I can't say I feel great about it. Um, now it's not a trap game. They've got Western Illinois next weekend, Western Illinois is no great shakes. So if they were to if they were playing say Northern Iowa next weekend, I would be much more worried. But because I, this is not a classic trap game, it's at home for North Dakota. I think that they will continue on their winning ways. And uh, it's always dangerous when we are all on the same side, but that's the way it is. Next, we've got Josh's uh, Josh's Colonial North team versus my Colonial North team out Albany at UNH. Albany is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, Josh. I assume you are on the side of the Great Danes.
2: I am, and for a simple reason, not only do I think they're better, but the, the, it's not enough of a reason. Here's a good football excuse reason. For whatever reason, in these long, strange play layoffs, COVID layoffs, who knows what the practice is have been for the spring football. Uh, I'm thinking back to the beginning of the fall football season. How many awful defensive performances did we see with missed tackle after missed tackle? I don't think teams were being very physical in their practices this year. I think UNH, Matt, I know you love their defense, but I'm not sure that their defense is in peak form. Whereas Albany, the quarterback, knows what he's doing, the receivers know what they're doing, they'll be crisper. I'm gonna take Albany. Coach.
1: Ooh, that's uh you've made it intriguing uh with such a short spread. It's almost I mean, a before, be, be,
0: before Coach even says, you guys all know I'm taking UNH at this point. So like, you know, coach has to split the difference here. You know I'm okay. taking UNH, you know I'm taking the defense, you know, I'm taking the run game with UNH, like, you know, they're at In- home. It's the opener. They're going to be jacked up in a spring to play. football
1: setting, Matt. I agree with you. I'm going. I'm rocking UNH Wildcats, Honestly. baby. I'm doing it. Wildcats. All right, uh, defense and run games got to got to got to reign supreme in this matchup.
0: All right, all right. Well, let's head out to the big sky for our final matchup. Of the weekend, UC Davis and Idaho. Idaho coming off that big win against Eastern Washington. They are four and a half point favorites against the Aggies of UC Davis. Josh, Idaho going to continue their winning ways?
2: Well, you know, Davis is an interesting team. Uh, They're one of those popular dark horse picks. If anyone, no one, but the theory. If anyone does knock off Weber State, but like I said, no one's knocking off Weber no. State. Um, so you know, I think it's tempting to to say, well, you know, Idaho's the hot team. They they got up for one game, and then and then they'll fall back to the pack. And you know, this is Davis's chance to pull off an upset, and you're and you're getting some points as a result, but. Idaho is also considered a dark horse. They've got the game under their belt. This is Davis's debut. The game is up in the Kibbe Dome. And it's not that big of a spread. If this was in that 7 to 10 neighborhood, I would take the road favorites, but or the road dogs. But because it's an under-touchdown spread, I will lay the points and take Idaho.
1: Coach. God, this this game is this game is very 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 difficult to pick because UC Davis is a team that i really like but i don't know i really like them and i think they can i think they have a chance to do a lot of good things but i'm not sure exactly what they're going to do and and out of the gates i'm not sure that what they have is enough to beat a team that's pretty pretty damn hot right now, in in Idaho. And Idaho is four and a half point favorites in the Vandal Dome, and I'm gonna ride with that. Much like what I did with North Dakota, I'm gonna ride with the hot streak here with with Idaho. I'm, I'm gonna take the four and a half points and and uh, say, come get it, Aggies.
0: Well, I'm gonna come get it because uh, for for a couple reasons, a. Uh, I'm the guy that picked the Aggies to take down Weber State, so it's got to start here. B, uh, I was technically enrolled at UC Davis for uh, the, the the summer the summer quarter there one year when I studied abroad in France. It was via UC Davis, and uh, I've got nothing but love. For UC Davis, the Viticulture and Enology Program, Professor Hildegard Heyman. She was one of the greatest professors I've ever worked with. And on top of that, uh, I'm just going to fade coaches' picks when push comes to shove. So um, give me the Aggies upsetting the Vandals on the road. Gentlemen.
1: Just keep telling me you're going to fade my picks and eventually they'll start making money Exactly.
0: Exactly. All right, gents. Uh, Josh, any final words before we uh, wrap this bad boy up?
2: Uh, Negative. Uh, We did not bury any leads. Arkansas Pine Bluff not in action. Central Arkansas still painting the field uh, because they played as an independent in the fall. So (laughs) they're going to be painting that field all spring.
0: Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff and Southern (laughs) are playing this weekend.
2: Oh, I thought that was next. Nope, weekend. I it is the week. It. I misread it, it. Is,
0: uh, it, it is this weekend, one thirty p.m. Eastern time.
2: So we did a double bar in the lead. That's a- how.
0: That's how W Mumford Stadium.
2: Baton that's quite an accomplishment from it for our show. Louisiana. That's how buried it was. That's how buried it was. I misread the date.
1: We're we're big in the state of Arkansas. So anybody in the greater Ponfarr area, if you want to sponsor the show, <laughs> or if you want to, or if you want to uh, rage tweet Josh. Um, we're despised doing,
2: of the in the diamond state or whatever dumb thing arkansas calls themselves they're yeah, the what, ozark what do state they call them? they're
0: not
1: the ozark state are they no i just made that up they're the huckabee
2: state that's what it <laughs> they're the
1: <laughs> memphis extension <laughs> he,
2: yeah no really oh what when i think of Arkansas, it's, it's I th- the natural state the natural state yeah but I think of Arkansas. The, the I natural lights. Josh, you're yeah. Josh. You're the high yeah. school social studies teacher. You of all of us should know this. Eh, whatever. He, it's Arkansas. When I think of Arkansas, I just think of those West Memphis suburbs.
1: They didn't cover <laughs> Arkansas state motto <laughs> in the Jakarta method, so that's true. It's very true. All right, gents. Well, I think that although, is go- although I did watch uh, Peyton's Places. Did he go to Arkansas?
2: Did he, go to our <laughs> did no, he talk but, about the Jakarta method?
1: Yeah, he talked about the Jakarta method with uh, former President Bill Clinton of the uh, natural state, former governor of the mm. natural state. Perfect. So it all tied together. But no, he he uh, he he really did do an episode with Bill Clinton. Not I know. To, not to spoil it, but it was uh, it was really good. So,
0: all right, gents. Um, well, in that. Uh, on that teaser we should wrap it up here tonight so on behalf of our own coach our offensive coordinator the coach Corey Burton in Nashville Tennessee and our travel blogger from McKenning County Josh Cook up there in Chicago Illinois this is the professor emeritus in the music city saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast